social media of those of you that are on there. I'm going to start a new series tonight. Not exactly sure how long it will go. I have a lot I want to say with it and about it. And you may think it's a different kind of title, but I hope to make light of it tonight. I actually read these scriptures this morning in my devotional Bible reading time. And I was not planning, I actually didn't even know what scriptures I had planned to use for my opening for this. And then after I give some thought to it, I decided, you know what, this is, these are the verses. This is some of my favorite verses in the Word because it very much defines what we should be. So, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, it says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Everybody say the whole duty. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Our responsibility, the conclusion, after Solomon wrote this whole book of Ecclesiastes, he said this is the conclusion of it. Let's fear God. Let's keep his commandments. That's our duty. He said because God's going to bring every work into judgment. Every secret thing. Whether it's good or whether it be evil. He's going to bring it to judgment. Lord help us today. Lord we love you. We thank you. I ask you to bless every life, every heart, everyone here today God. I pray God that anyone who may hear this on podcast that you would help them and bless them Lord. In your precious name. We love you and we thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to, before I get into this, give a shameless plug for our um, podcast. If you don't listen to them, I understand if you're here, don't, don't necessarily got to. But a lot of times it does well to go back and listen to a sermon. Um, especially if you had a child sitting by or you were not feeling good or are you just checked out for the day? Everybody does that, it seems like, sometimes. But more than anything, um, if you could follow it on whatever platform, you may listen to podcasts. And also that you would share them with friends and family. Most of them have a place you can just kind of push share and you can text it or share it on social media and also rate it. That puts it out there. And I'm saying that all because... We have enough junk out on social media today. We need to get good stuff out there. And we want to help do everything we can to share the gospel. And podcast is what a lot of our generation is going to right now. So um, it's, it's a good way to help. So with all that said, Scripture tonight says for us to fear God, keep his commandments. It's the whole duty of man. Although many times um, people act like animals, we are unlike animals. Animals are driven simply to survive. A lot of times us humans act like it and we just get in survival mode and try to make it. But God created us to crave more from life than just simply surviving. And without an answer to the question, um, 
survival for the sake of what? That's, that's something we had to think about today. Without an answer to that question of why, what am I trying to survive? We can, we can quickly fall. Uh, why am I doing this? So it can quickly bring us to a place that we're let down. We're distracted. Or we even find that sense of despair in our life. And as we look around our world, it's easy to see the, the um, rate of what people are being hooked on drugs, the, the alcohol abuse we see in our time, the depression and suicide rates that we have, along with this growing dependence on antidepressant medications. It's, this seems to indicate that Many are doing <clears throat> just exactly that. They are, they have this sense of despair, a sense that life has let me down, and they, they are distracted, and they do not exactly uh, even understand why we are in this world, or why they themselves are individual in this world. And it would seem that it all points to the crisis of people not knowing their purpose, not knowing the true meaning of life. The truth of the matter is that, you may not agree with this, but the truth of the matter is that we are wealthier today than in any other time in history. And many would say that there is a clear difference between the well-off and the well-being. So, yeah, I know we may take this wrong today, but the poorest of our church is richer than people were, the, the average person was hundreds of years ago. We are better off. We have, most of us, air-conditioned homes. We have one, two, and some even three vehicles. We are well off. And we have a lot of stuff in our life. And again, the poorest of us today are among some of the richest people in this world. And yet, we are the most depressed, the most let down. And we are at this place that we just, life is crumbling. German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche said, uh, we, had, we had a Zoom conference here a while back when we was doing these Zoom things, and I, I, I give this quote, but he said, he who has a why can endure any how. He who has a why can endure any how. He goes on to say, knowing your why is an important first step in figuring out how to achieve the goals that excite you and create a life you enjoy Living versus merely surviving. Indeed, only when you know your why will you find the courage to take the risk needed to get ahead, stay motivated when the chips are down, and move your life onto an entirely new, more challenging, and more rewarding trajectory. It is important that we understand why we do what we do. Simon Sinek, he is famous for a TED Talk 
about talking about why, I would encourage you to search Simon Sinek on YouTube. And just search Simon Sinek and why, you'll find it. He has several, he's got a book by it. He's got several different books. Most of it is, uh, is leadership-oriented, but if you will take it in a spiritual sense, it can help you grow to the place you need to be in, that we need to be in our world. But Simon Sinek says this, the why is the purpose, cause, or belief that drives every one of us. The why. The why is the purpose, the cause, or belief that drives every one of us. It is, in my personal opinion, that many do not know their why or the importance of why we should live for God. Therefore, it creates weak Christians that spend a lifetime struggling in their walk with God. Now, I wrote that down today, so you can quote that and tweet it, whatever you want. I believe that people doesn't know their why or the importance of why we should live for God. And that in turn creates Christians that spend a lifetime that's weak and they struggle in their walk with God. So, with that thought in mind, this is the reason why I am starting this new midweek series that I'm going to call This Is Why. Okay? Well, you got to run. That's good. Just something simple. This is why. Maybe more specifically in this series, series, as your pastor, I will be talking about this is why I live like I do. And this is why I preach what I preach. This is not necessarily going to be about you. This is going to explain to you why I live like I live and why I preach what I preach. Simon Sinek said, if we want to feel an undying passion for work, our work, if we want to feel we are contributing to something bigger than ourselves, we all need to know our why. So if you understand why I live like I live and why I preach what I preach, it may help you understand and contribute to something that, that, that you understand. This is bigger than me. You may, you may have wondered why why a pastor does or does not do some things that he does. It is because this living for God thing is bigger than any of us. And we've got to know why. And if we can understand, if, if you could understand my why, maybe it can help you with your why. If you can understand why, I, I do things I do and preach what I do and, and say what I do from behind the pulpit or just from me and you standing and talking somewhere, then, then maybe it would help formulate somebody's understanding of, well, if that's, if pastor's wise based off of this, because th this is what, during this series that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give you biblical principles that is clear cut from the Word of God. I'm going to give you principles that is pulled from different places that shows why I may live something, but yet the Bible doesn't say thou shall not. But I found enough scriptures 
to pull them together, you know, because actually there, there is not a scripture in there that, that may say, thou shalt not smoke marijuana. But we got enough in our generation says it's okay. But I'm going to use principles of the word of God and show you why pastor doesn't smoke marijuana. And I hope that it will bring something to your life that says, that makes sense. Maybe I shouldn't smoke marijuana. <laughs> I'm also going to use just personal convictions of why I may do something. And there's not a Bible verse, period, for it. But it may help you understand why I do what I do. This is why. This is why I do it. All right? Now, I want, you, I want to say this first foremost. The series is not meant to bring condemnation to our life, your life, I guess. But hopefully it is meant to bring an understanding of why I do what I do and preach what I preach, all right? I live like I do and I preach like I do for a reason. I promise you that. I didn't leave. Jacob was talking about my, my youth pastoring days when I was 35 uh, years old. 33, 34. My wife asked me one day, she said, are you going to be a youth pastor all your life? <laughs> My wife's pushy if you didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, we're taping this. She knows I've said that. And I'm going to tell you now, I'm thankful for it. Because if she wasn't, if she didn't push me, she balances me out. And I balance her out, thank goodness. I draw back too much and she pushes too much. So we meet in the middle and we make it right. <laughs> But she said one day, are you, gonna, are you just going to be a youth pastor all your life? In some ways, I was content with it. It was very frustrating. But I also, in a lot of ways, just could have been content to stay at Star Bethlehem and worked in that capacity the best that I could and um, do whatever Star Bethlehem needed me to do. No doubt, at this point in time in my life, I would, uh, could have possibly been assistant pastor or pastor in that place. I don't know. I might have just been a lay minister still there. But I'm telling you today, I didn't leave an absolutely awesome church to come to Marion, Kentucky and start a church just because I wanted to. I felt a call from God to start a work, to start something. And you guys have heard the story, and I really felt compelled, uh, I thought, to go to Alabama because I had seen no place in this area that needed a church. And we was uh, even flirted with the ideal. You heard the story of going to Alabama and starting a church. That didn't work out. But God sent me here. And God worked it out to where I could be here. And I'm thankful that I'm in Marion, Kentucky, starting a church because I've met incredible people. I've met awesome people. Marion, Kentucky brought my beautiful grandson and my incredible uh, son-in-law in my life. He brought you incredible people in my life. I'm thankful for being in Marion, Kentucky. Amen. Amen. And I didn't just leave that absolutely awesome church Star Bethlehem to come to Marion, Kentucky and start a church just because I wanted to. God sent me here. Amen. This is why I'm here. I promise you. I didn't want to preach. Right? God called me when I was 20, 20 years old driving down the road at the crossroads of, of 109 and Highway 70. I'll never forget it to the day I die. Coming home from trade school. I was 20 years old and God told me plain, if I ever heard his voice, you're going to carry my word. And Sister Chastity, I simply said back real quick, out loud, no, I'm not. 
And from there, there was a five-year battle of whether I would ever preach or not. Times laying in the bed when Sister Cheryl would say, would you preach because you're driving me crazy? Because every time I'd get close to God, that call would come on my life and I'd push it off. I would have been perfectly content, Sister Chastity, with not preaching and just being right now probably the shop foreman uh, of... Uh, of um, Joe Leisure's the son of Massville, Kentucky, probably making a six-figure uh, salary every year. But God called me here to be pastor. And that's why I'm here. And today, 25 years removed when I finally accepted my calling, I have no regrets. I know I'm glad I'm not the foreman of Joe Leisure's and son. I'm glad I'm not some minister, whether it be pastor, assistant pastor, or whatever at Star Bethlehem. I'm glad to be here in Marion pastoring this church. This is why I'm here. God called me to this city. I will not forget the day in, in uh, probably September or October uh, 16 years ago during this time when we made our first ride down here I've been through Marion once that we remember since we've been married I, I come down this way many times with a kid playing baseball and Marion always beat us in baseball I never liked them for that reason that was then this is now right whatever we came I knew to follow 70 because I remember going to a youth rally in Salem at Brother Rundles was down there at that time. We went to a youth rally down there. And I remember going through Marion. And on the way back, I remember, because we come to Bypass, I'd seen Highway 70. and said, hey, we can just follow 70 all the way back and go home real easy. So when we got to Highway 70, coming back from that youth rally, that's when I was pa youth pastor, I followed 70, got to Beulah, and knew where I was. So I said, well, we just follow 70. So I thought I'd just follow 70 all the way to Marion. It'd been a while. I ended up in Dykesburg, asking around, how do you get to Marion? I remember driving through the city for the first time. We finally got lined up and got back in there. Going through the first stoplight between the two big stoplights in Marion, Kentucky. I'll never forget looking at Sister Cheryl and just feeling the goosebumps on my arms and my body saying, this is it. This is where God has sent us. I remember the days that we spent in that little storefront church on Gum Street with Sister Chastity and, and we would paint the, uh, paint the church and getting the seats out and getting things prepared before any of you guys ever showed up. We was there working on it. This is why I'm here. God called me to this city. Amen. God sent me here to help build a hospital. Yeah. I'm not as much interested in building a church as I am building a hospital for the lost the wounded and the hurting of this city. That's why God has sent me here. Amen. And don't think if, and I don't want you to think if you don't live what I live, that, that you will not make heaven your home. Do not think that I, what I preach over the next whatever amount of time that I'm saying, if you don't live what I'm living, that you're going to not make heaven your home, okay? Don't think that. Because as my opening text says, put it back up there. I believe a person who does fear God and does keep His commandments, which is the whole duty of man anyway, are the ones who are going to make heaven their home. And they are the ones who will spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. That's, that's what I believe. And in a nutshell, my why is eternity. Amen. 
Okay? Mawa. Why I'm here in this city preaching this Jesus name apostolic message is eternity. There are people here that doesn't that has not been born again. There are people that has been born again because I answered the call to come to Mary, Kentucky. There is people that's in heaven right now. Praise God. And, uh, Brother John and, 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 and uh, uh, Brother Donnie, praise God, they done died and went on to heaven, I believe, with all my heart. And, and, and you don't rem remember him, but Brother Jack, praise God, I believe he's in heaven, preached his funeral in Salem. And if we hadn't been here, that's my why. There's pe people here hurting. There's people that need this gospel preached to them and, and, and my why praise God is eternity and making heaven my home and my why is to help others also realize why they were born you weren't born to be a rock star you weren't born to be an NBA player you weren't born to be a depressed person that stays in your PJs all day long you weren't born, praise God, to live your life any way you want to live. Hallelujah. And stay hooked on alcohol and drugs. There is people here that's like that. But God sent me to this city, praise God, to show them there's a better way to live. Amen. You have a why. Your why is to make eternity your home. Yes. And that must be our ultimate why. When we proclaim to be a Christian, there's more to being a Christian than just professing you are a Christian. Although our current trend and culture is to just say that you are something you feel like being. And today you can be that. Seeing where they're just fixing, they're, they're petitioning uh, to take the, uh, the gender off the birth certificate of a child. So they can decide what they want to be. Okay, now you, you can, I, I know there's, I'm going to get in trouble, that's okay because I'm pastor and I'm preaching this is why. I know there's transgenders, pangenders, and all kinds of different genders, but I, I come to tell you, this is the reason I'm here today because they are here and they need to understand that's not why you were born. Oh, come on, I was just born that way. God thought of that 2,000 years ago when He said you can be born again. And I know our current trend culture says you just, anything you want to be, you want to say today, you just feel like being uh, a purple and you can be the color purple today. Or you can feel like you're an ape today and you're an ape. I woke up and said, I feel like a millionaire, but I still had to go to work. And even though biblically, biologically and scientifically and physically, they are not what they claim to be. And we can look at that also as people who says, I am a Christian, but this is why I'm here in Marion, Kentucky. And this is why I work a secular job and try to balance pastoring this church at the same time, which is, is to help keep this church alive with my finances coming into this church and keeping it able to function and keep it going. This is why I run myself ragged at times and I burn the candle at both ends. And I promise you, this week I've had off camping. If I hadn't had it, everybody would have known it. I needed it. But this is why I do this. For the people of this city 
for the people of this church because I love you. I want to see you make heaven your home. And beyond that, I want you to live the best life on this earth that you can live. And there's more to this life. Amen. There's more to this life than just barely scraping by. There's more to this life than getting caught in, in, in depression and anger and, and unforgiveness and all this stuff. I believe God has called me here to this city to help people understand that they are more than what the devil than what their flesh and what this world would say that they are. And in the midst of this crazy life we live during these crazy times, I know I have been misunderstood by many. And I would dare say many of you misunderstand me and my family. I know people have thought, why do you make a big deal out of repentance? Why do you make a big deal out of Jesus' name baptism? Why do you make a big deal out of being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? People have looked at us and knew and wondered why we push people to pay their tithes, to attend church regular, and to treat people right, everyone. And people have wondered why we dress like we do. Why we push people to forgive others. Why I push for us to pray and to read your Bible every day. Again, I'm, this is not a leadership uh, course tonight, but Simon Sinek has really got this thing a, a wide down. It's for the leadership. It is for the corporate world, but it applies so much to personal and to the church. He said, if we expect people to live the core values of an organization... We have to be able to tell them what those values look like in action. Amen. So my goal in these series of lessons, sermons, whatever you may want to call them, is to let you see into the mind of your pastor and see why I live, I preach, and why I do these things that I do. And tell how my why works and how it works and is in action. This is an intro tonight. And my goal is to make sure this is going to be Thursday night, midweek stuff. So my goal is that none of these are too awful long because I'm going to be mindful of your time and I'm going to be mindful of my time. Okay? I mean, I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the hammock today enjoying my book. I've got a new book by L.J. Harry called Ten Words. And I'm probably going to take that book and maybe start something teaching on Sundays with it because it's about the Ten Commandments. And he's calling it Ten Words because he takes ten different words and ties all the, um, all the uh, Ten Commandments up in one word as he goes, each one. And the one I was on today is Sabbath. Okay? So I'm laying in my hammock and I'm reading about the Sabbath, which in essence is about rest. Texas messaged me because he's working today. Hey, I'm going to start working... 5 to 3.30 next week. My other co-worker that also worked, he texted, hey, might as well get ready for OT when you get back. So I'm just ignoring them because they're just co-workers, right? But then my, then my uh, shop lead man texted, hey, man, starting Monday, 5 to 3.30. <laughs> I 
So I'm in the midst of reading this book. And all of a sudden I get this text message. I'm like, oh my goodness. What, what am I doing? So I'm going to be mindful of your time. And I'm going to be mindful of my time. And not try to keep us here real late, all right? But I also want you to see into who I am. And why I live like I live. Why I preach like I preach. And this is all in hopes that you will gain some biblical knowledge of that I'm not just beating against the wind, okay? I'm not just up here preaching, but it's just because, oh, you've been apostolic all your life. Yes, I have. But I've not always embraced everything that I preach. I've had to dig this out for myself. Because I, I remember teaching Sunday school at 18, 19 years old and getting to the, uh, in one of those lessons talking about the Godhead. And there's only one God. And but also reading the scriptures about reading about the Father, reading about the Son, and reading about the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, as a young teenage boy teaching Sunday school, my mind began to be clouded and said, I don't know if I quite understand this and I'm trying to teach these kids. You know what God was doing? He was preparing me for Marion, Kentucky. Because little did I know at 18 years old that God was going to send me to Marion, Kentucky at 35 years old that is majorly, uh, uh, has a large group of Pentecostal people that's rooted in Trinity. So at that age of 18, year, 18 19, years, 19 years old, I began to dig into Scriptures to get a great understanding of the oneness of God for myself. Amen. Where I could understand that great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Come on. Amen. I got that revelation for myself. I'm going to talk about that. In, in, in one of these lessons about why I believe that there's only one God and His name is Jesus. Yeah. Somebody says, well, why does that matter? We all believe in No, we all don't believe in the same God. Right, and we got to understand that. Because if somebody is embracing another doctrine, uh, even that, that, that claims to be a Christian, but yet they're not putting Jesus where He's supposed to be on the throne, you're not embracing the same God. And I want people to understand that that's why I embrace it. It's hopes that, that, that you will get some biblical knowledge and, and develop your own why that will get you to heaven. Because I can't put you in heaven. Amen. I can't drag you into heaven. Amen. You, me as individuals, we've got to develop our own why? Oh, why we're here in this world. And let me tell you what. God created every one of us for one why. And that's for us to make heaven our home. It's the verse. Put it back up there. It's this verse. That's why I went ahead and chose it. The, the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That is your responsibility, Myra. 
Blake, that is your responsibility, son. I know you're playing with a watch and you didn't maybe even realize you're here, but buddy, that's your responsibility. Corbin, you don't even understand me yet, but son, if the earth is here long enough, you can't ride mom and daddy's coattail. You've got to get your own lie that'll get you to heaven someday. That's why if you ever see me up here packing this boy, usually if I'm up here packing him, I'm whispering in his ear. I'm whispering in his ear and I'm telling him, Corbin, here O Israel, there is only one God. His name is Jesus. I'm telling him, Corbin, love Jesus. I want it embedded in his spirit. I want him to understand that you're a wise son. You were created to love God. Amen. Simon Sinek in his book, Find Your Wise, said, The goal is not simply for you to cross the finish line, but to see how many people you can inspire to run with you. So my purpose in this series is not to let you know why I'm finishing going across the finish line. My goal is inspire you to fall in behind me and maybe to run past me and you get a why and praise God and you would take it beyond Mary. Some of you young people take it beyond Marion into the mission fields and into some other city on down the road and let them know, hallelujah, that there is a God that loves you and your why is to be born again. I don't want to go to heaven by myself. I want us to inspire as many as we can to go with us. But if people cannot see that we know why we're doing what we're doing, then we're not likely to make an impact on this world. And especially those in this city and the surrounding area. If they come to this church and all they see... Look, if you invite somebody to the church and all you do the whole time is talk to somebody else and you're never involved in church, the chances are they're never but if they if you invite them to come to church and then they come and they see you love God worship God and in love with this church and in love with your God they'll understand why you come here I'll never forget the story of Brother Scott Graham. I know I've told it a few times, but it applies right here. Brother Scott Graham told he invited a guy to church and he's worried about Sister So-and-So that always was shouting every song. And, they, and he said, well, they were playing a slow song that night, so I was good to go. But all of a sudden, in the middle of whatever amazing grace, she just stood up and started shouting and worshiping God. And he thought, oh, God, I'm so embarrassed because I got my friend. He said, he ne- just making it short, he said when he got, let his friend out of the car, his friend turned back around looked at the car. He said, he said, Scott, if I ever decide to get in church, I want more of what that lady has and less of what you got. Yeah. They need to know why we come. Yeah. They need to know why we love God. They need to know, and, and this is why I'm going to tell you why I do what I do, why I dress, why I, I do this, and why I do that, and why I preach. As Brother Darren Sargent said, you will never make an impact until you're committed to the collision. We want to make an impact on this city. We've got to be committed to the collision that you're going to have with this city, and the only way you can survive the collision is you know why. You're heading for the impact. Because when the impact comes, if you don't know why you're in the middle of it, it's easy to run. And that's why we've had so many that come to church in the first six months. is glorious. They're thankful. They're thankful that God has done this and that. But after a little while, the Lord steps back and says, All right, let's see how committed you are. Let's see exactly why you are here. And the Lord steps back and lets you collide with the devil. And if you're not committed to the collision, when you collide with the devil, you're going to go out another way. 
But if you're committed to this cause, it doesn't matter how hard the devil hits you, you understand that scripture, you're committed to God, you're going to make heaven your home, and it doesn't matter because you're committed to this thing. Amen. I'll go. I don't got much more, but in, in worship I felt this really strong because this happens a lot in our churches. We get in church for a little while. Five, ten, fifteen years, and we forget why we're here. We forget why we're here, and we start thinking this is hard. I, 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 it's not like I remember it being. And I'm gonna read you a crazy verse. Listen to it, all right? And if then, if by grace, then it's no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. And you agree with, Paul, agree with Peter that says, sometimes Paul writes things that we just don't understand. And that's one of them scriptures, right? Because you take it at face value. You listen to it again. If by grace, then it's no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What in the world are you talking about, Paul? This is what, this was what Paul was saying. He was talking about these people who had been in church for a little while. You know what? When you first got in church, it's like, oh, you love church. The grace of God has saved you. And, and you just love Him because you know why you're here. You know God saved you from the depths of sin. You know He picked you up. He put your life in, in the place that it needs to be. And you realize, oh my goodness, God saved me. He's putting things back together in my life. You realize what the grace of God done for you. But after you've been in church for a little while, the grace seems to be moved out of the way, and then it seems like it's work to come to church. Grace is not working no more then. Because if it's hard for you to come to church, it becomes work and not the grace of God working in your life. Amen. And if, if, it's, if it's becoming work for you to pray, work for you to read your Bible, work for you, you know what's happening? You forgot why He saved you in the first place. And for some reason, we get in our mind, we're doing this all for me. No, we're not. I'm doing this for Him. The grace of God saved me that I would understand why I'm on this earth, and that's to fear God, to keep His commandments, and take everybody else I can with me to heaven. Amen. And we forget it after we've been in church for a while. If you're at that place where you're, you're struggling to come to church, you're struggling like, why am I even going? I'm so tired. I'm so weary. Because it was Brother Larry Booker. I, said, uh, I heard him preach one time about this. Uh, he had this young guy in his church that, man, he was on fire for God. He was, he'd go running out of the choir, running the aisles. Uh, it may not be Larry Booker, but I'm, I'm thinking it was him that said this. He said he had this guy, he would run the aisles and make laps, and he was loving being in church. And this old timer, had been there about 20 years, came up and said, Pastor... You've got to do something about that young man. He's causing a disturbance in our church. And he said, he said, he looked at him and said, Brother, whatever, that's what they said about you 20 years ago. He forgot why he was there. And this is what Paul was talking about in this scripture. The moment it becomes hard to be in the house of God, hard to pray, hard to live a standard, hard to do any of this thing, is the moment we've taken grace out of the picture and we've forgotten that God saved us by grace and we think we have to work to get it. Amen. And if you have to work to get it, it's not no fun. But if we know why, I think as John Maxwell makes this statement, he said, if, if, if you love what you're doing as far as a job, you'll never work a day in your life. 
because it don't seem like work. You love it. Oh, I want God to use me. And then God uses you and you're wore out and you think, oh, I feel so used. It's what you wanted. Because when you use something, it gets worn. It gets battered. But if you know why you're doing what you're doing, it makes all the difference in the world. So, my purpose is, you see me up here screaming and yelling about whatever subject I make. Okay? You see me up here screaming and yelling? You see me whispering? You see me whatever I'm doing? I, my purpose of this is to let you know why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's because lost souls are out there. I want to make eternity to my, my home. I want you to make eternity to my home. Again, Simon Sinek said... If we want to feel an undenying passion for our work, if we want to feel we are contributing to something bigger than ourselves, we all need to know our why. We all need to know our why. Um, and if you know why I do what I do, and if you can figure out why God has placed you here, we can commit to the impact that we're going to make in this city and we can make a difference in this city this county and our world Bethany comes I'm going to bring this to a close from some those of your Bible halfway Bibles scholars you'll, you'll recognize these scriptures Daniel 3 and 16 and 18 Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said this is after the King told him to kneel down to his golden statue, and and uh, they said we're basically they said we're not going to do it. So then Nebuchadnezzar comes and he says, bow down to it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and verse sixteen said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I fear today that many people in our churches, if we was in Afghanistan with that apostolic church that was just wiped out, did y'all hear about that? You may have heard about it, but you did realize it was an apostolic church? best of my knowledge it was one of our United Pentecostal churches it was on talking to them on the word network of prayer and it was talking to them and encouraging them and all of a sudden they heard them come in the Taliban come in and they could hear the kids and the adults alike in there refusing to deny God and they heard the screams as they were all murdered and what I fear what I fear is that us here in America who are spoiled, they come in. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you're going to bow down to the gods or we're going to throw you into the fiery furnace? See, that's not us. It's going to be you, okay? I got a gun for this baby. You deny him. Sweetheart.
folks, I, I hope it don't come to America, but what if it does? Right. And if we don't know our why, let's make it a little more simple. and Abednego said no and they went in the fire but the king said did we not throw three in there why do I see four if you know why you'll go in the fire but you won't go by yourself Jesus will go in there with you everything the world may try to put on you will burn off from you because the ropes that they throw them in there with the ropes that this world will try to bind you with when you're thrown in the fire if you know why Jesus is going to be there with you and you're going to walk out of there and when you get done you have to
believe that baptism in Jesus' name is important. I want you to know why I strive to speak in tongues every day. I want you to know, I want you to know why I believe there's only one God and his name is Jesus. I want you to know why I live a holy, separated life. I want you to know why my wife and daughter don't cut their head. Why is for us? I feel like the Bible will be read scripture back. 